0: are you doing? How's the year going so far? It's a brand new year.
1: Yeah, it is. Thanks for having me on the um, podcast live. Um, s- despite everything, my year so far is going great.
0: <laughs> and I mean, you're a debut author, so I guess this year is like a bit, even though it's un- still unconventional. It you're a debut author, so I guess that's exciting.
1: Well, yeah, it's exciting. And Glimpse has been getting a great reception. Um, Lots of people are saying that it was just the light, funny, escapist thing that they needed right now. So um, yeah, I'm really glad I could provide some smiles for people in the midst of this kind of really weird, stressful time in the world. So
0: yeah I think we all need like light-heartedness and like fun and I'm I'm really interested in seeing how books written now during the pandemic will like what the, the themes will be because I feel like obviously we don't want books that are like reflecting the pandemic because no one wants to read about it like we're suffering
1: through it <laughs> exactly. already. Too soon too soon <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but I, I think it will be interesting to see how authors like deal with that because I guess even like writing through a pandemic like I I don't know about you but I've been watching TV and like when I see people like hug or like have close contact it's like why (laughs) are we in a pandemic so I I I think it'll be interesting to see how like books shift um to do that topic because I see on TV like I've seen like subtle shifts
1: yeah yeah it'll be really interesting I I don't know um I know that different authors will deal with it in different ways but um, there is that little kind of element of trying to be a fortune teller and predict the future of, you know, because if I'm writing a book now during the pandemic, it will probably be on the shelves in two or three years. Um, That's true. And we hope it'll all be behind us, right? And we'll be living normal life, but what things will linger and be different always after this, you know? So it's it's interesting, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that, that's, that's true. I mean, I saw someone tweet the other day being like, I'm still going to wear a mask after this pandemic, because I haven't got sick all year. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. actually so true. I was like before, because I know in certain cultures, like I know, like my friend, she's like in the Asian culture, uh, we wear masks all the time. That's just, we do it for like pollution and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we just and we've just adopted that habit but that's something they've always done and they get less sick than us so I'm like why Mm -hmm. have I why have I not been doing this my whole life (laughs) So I think that will linger for me I don't know about Mm. anybody else like what they're like I feel like everyone's gonna we've all discovered things about ourselves during this time and I think some Mm. people have discovered things they disliked and some of us have discovered things that we've liked
1: yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see I don't think we can just go back to how it was before so um but hopefully we'll I don't know (laughs) hopefully it'll be better in some ways right
0: and you brought up a bit um a good point just before is that like um I don't think a lot of people know how long it takes to get like a book published and Mm -hmm. actually from the right writing it to the end point of actually having it on a shelf I mean what has Mm -hmm. your writing journey been like
1: um, yeah, timelines are hard, but I think, um, I think I started drafting glimpsed in 2017. So yeah, it's been like four years, um, from, from start to finish. So, um, and I think for the next book, hopefully it'll be a little shorter. Cause I don't have to Hopefully, we find a, an agent and um, all of that, but we'll see.
0: And can you tell us a little bit about Glimpsed and what inspired it?
1: Uh, sure. Um, I, uh, right before Gr- Glimpsed, is the third book I wrote, and um, the book before Glimpsed was really. Um, kind of exhausting for me. Um, it was very deep and heavy and I really poured myself into it. And so, um, uh, when I finished that book, um, I was really exhausted and I felt like I needed, um, just to have fun. And so I sat down and thought, I'm just now this time I'm just going to make myself laugh. And so, um, that was my goal in every page that I would just be having fun. And, um, So I ended up kind of exploring a similar subject to the exhausting book, um, but in a really whimsical way of just the question of what does it mean to really help others and how do we engage with people who are struggling without imposing our will on them or diminishing their dignity? Um, And so, yeah, fairy godmother story just kind of emerged from that. (laughs) that space that I was in.
0: Yeah but I think that's it. I think the concept of Glimpse as well is such a beautiful like idea especially like you said during this time where you just want something a bit light-hearted but also something that like you can feel a connection to.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. How
0: does one become a fairy godmother? Like that concept.
1: Mhm. So um in the story the um the gift of being a fairy godmother is passed down through the the generations through the female line and um so Charity's grandmother is a fairy godmother and then it skipped a generation and then she's a fairy godmother and so um it's just something that she was kind of born into and is f- also figuring out as she goes along there's it's not you know um like the the fairy godmother disney movie that just came out where there's like a training academy and a whole different land that they live oh, in yeah. and all of that. <laughs> that none of that is is uh in the world of my book it's just uh they're just a normal family who happens to have this special gift in calling. <laughs> and calling mm-hmm. and they have to kind of figure it out as they go along so
0: you said that like it, it comes through for- the female line. So does that mean like male men cannot be fairy godmothers? Or is it just like it picks and chooses?
1: In my book, at least as far as charity knows, only um only females, only women would be fairy godmothers. There's no male fairy godmother female power. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, girl power. (laughs)
0: Um and I mean if you had access to a fairy godmother during high school, what would you have wished for?
1: Oh, during high school, what would I not have wished for? Um, (laughs) I would say, you know, I probably would have wished to get cast as Adelaide in our high school production of Guys and Dolls my Mm. sophomore year. Um, That was one of my big letdowns in high school. (laughs) So yeah, Susan Wormlink got the part. She did great, but you know. You would have been backed up. (laughs) I I feel like I would have killed. I do. (laughs)
0: I feel like I would have been pretty boring and just been like fairy godmother can just do all my homework and make sure I get an A at the end of high school. <laughs> that's all I I feel like I spent too much of my time doing what that's all I remember.
1: <laughs> oh, you need your fairy godmother to help you live a little. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, charity uh in my book is the kind of fairy godmother who will actually show up and tell you what you want, which is not always a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> So she probably would have just been, Liv, you need to live a little. That's what you're gonna do. And you would have been like, wait, no. That's not what I wished for.
0: <laughs> but I feel like that's also good. Like I always had I think my friends would say that I'm that person, but when it comes to me, I don't want to hear that. Like I don't want to be the person have being told what I need to do, but I'll do it for <laughs> other people. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess if you could pick anyone to be your fairy godmother like who would you pick I mean like, obviously Charity's like a good pick you've written her you've structured her incredible but <laughs> if anyone in the entire world like who do you look at and be like there would be a good fairy godmother <laughs>
1: um I'm going to go with uh, Marie Kondo <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um my desire for a tidy house is like inversely proportional to its actual state of entropy so um, <laughs> I, just, I feel like you know if Marie Kondo would just show up and help me tidy up that would be great, life changing
0: <laughs> yeah I, I, I was thinking about this just before and I was like I actually have no idea I feel like most people I come across are probably more better organized than myself to be, to, to be a godmother
1: like as long as they're more
0: organized than me I really don't mind <laughs>
1: So you'd take like almost anyone,
0: <laughs> yeah. And then I was talking to my mum, and she was like, um, Betty Midler. She said, just oh. like the vibes, <laughs>
1: <laughs> she would be great. <laughs> would well, be. I, I was
0: like, I can't, I can't get her out of my head, like you know, hocus pocus. I, that's all yeah. I would see. I wouldn't be able to unsee that. So I'd be like, <laughs> but something just doesn't sit right here. <laughs>
1: I think um, I think Bette Midler might be a great choice if I was casting the movie of Glimpsed for Charity's grandma. I think she could pull it off.
0: (laughs) Or like, have you ever seen um, Halloween Town? Debbie Reynolds. I feel like she she the way that she acted the grandmother. I felt like I could just hug her. She reminded my own grandmother. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. And um, we've already spoken a little bit about charity,
1: but how would you describe her? Mm, um, I would describe her as a go-getter. She's talented and confident. She loves her job as a fairy godmother. She's very popular at school. She does not accept failure. Um, (laughs) So um, once she gets a glimpse of someone's deepest wish, uh, she can make it happen 100% of the time. Um, she doesn't let anything get in her way she doesn't let anyone kind of bring her down but the the negative side of that is that she can be a little uh, (laughs) bulldozer-y just kind of steamroller over people without realizing it so which is one of the things that Noah just really cannot stand about her (laughs)
0: yeah and that's how she gets into the situation
1: (laughs) (laughs) exactly
0: (laughs) and and would you give any advice to like either charity or Noah
1: you know there's no point neither one of them are gonna listen they're both so convinced of their own rightness (laughs) so you just gotta let it play out (laughs)
0: definitely I think that if I was a fairy godmother I would get myself into so many bad situations they would be like I want this um yeah, and I'll be like, sure, 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 and because I'm so like ditzy and I just don't actually pay attention, it'll be like it'll be they'll get like half of their wish, but the other half would be something that I was thinking about in that moment.
1: I could totally see that about me as well. I'm I'm a bit ditzy, <laughs> so I think I would be like get distracted, you know, halfway through and be running after something else. <laughs> yeah.
0: And what was your favorite part about writing the book?
1: Um. I love writing dialogue. I, um, yeah, I just, for me, that's so fun. Um, Writing action sequences and um, like fight scenes and stuff is a little bit more difficult for me, um, although that's fun too. But I just have so much fun writing the dialogue.
0: Yeah. How did you actually get into writing? Was it something that you always wanted to do as a child or is it something that you found you
1: like like just dropped into it as you grow up hmm. um so i was always an avid reader i loved books and i i wrote for fun um a lot but it never occurred to me that author was like an actual career that you could have for some reason um until I started to know other authors once I was an adult. Um, and as soon as like that clicked that like, it's just regular people who write books and get them published. I was like, Oh, I could do that. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it wasn't really a lifelong dream. Um, but I, I would say I had my first novel kind of rattling around in my brain for a probably a full decade. And I just, for whatever reason, never gave myself permission to sit down and write it. Um, and then, um, I had written a few short things and, um, been invited to a critique group. And one of my critique partners, Mary Lambert, um, at one point was like, Hey, have you ever thought about writing a novel? I think, I think you'd be great at it. And so that was pretty much all it took. I just sat down and wrote the first thing, I think I drafted it in like six weeks. Um, so that's, that's the benefit of marinating it for a, a 10 years. You know, you can write it really fast. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's already all in there. <laughs> so yeah, that was how I got started. And then um, just kept writing until something got picked up um, for publication. So
0: did you like send your first book off?
1: I did. Um, that first book got over a hundred rejections before I wow. <laughs> shelved it. Um, I still really love it. I still hope that it's it's time will come. We'll see. But um, yeah. yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the right time for that one. But in the meantime, I was writing, still writing other things, and so um, that's that's the important part. You just got to keep going and not put all your hope into one book as if you're never gonna be able to write another one you know
0: yeah I definitely get that because I want to go into journalism and one of the painful things is having to pitch your article and if you're really invested oh. in this one article no one wants it it's horrible <laughs> and I I've like got like so many rejections I just take it it's like I was just like okay well they don't want it but I still know it's a good idea maybe one day <laughs>
1: yes exactly <laughs> just because it's not that one's time yet doesn't mean it never will
0: yeah and it might inspire like, I know some of my articles have been inspired other ideas that I've had that have got picked up mm-hmm. and I yeah. just think that like everything that you write or or think of it can influence you in a way that you didn't you probably didn't know it could
1: absolutely but yes you're right pitching is the worst pitching is the worst <laughs>
0: yeah and no one like they say you have to prepare yourself for rejection but like as many times like you can be rejected like a thousand times and it's, it's just as painful <laughs> as the first time
1: yep <laughs> so true
0: and then now I just have some quick fire questions for you um what okay. is the best book you've ever read
1: um that is the meanest question <laughs> how dare you <laughs> Um, there are so many great books. I mean, the printing press was invented so long ago. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah. Um, but I'm a, a huge Jane Austen fan. This year, I'm I'm uh, letting myself reread every single Jane Austen novel. Um, but I also um, really recently discovered Good Omens by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman, and I laugh. I i can't remember when I've laughed that hard for that long. Um, it was just hilarious. <laughs> and for me, it was a great thing to read at this time of world history because, you know, sometimes it just feels like, is this it? Like, is this the apocalypse now? And it's just <laughs> such a cheeky look at the apocalypse that it was just hilarious. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: I need a I haven't, I feel like the books I've been reading, they haven't been super heavy because I'm not in the mood for that, but they haven't been like funny.
1: Oh, you should read some funny ones, Liv. It is good to laugh for sure. <laughs> we need to laugh. <laughs> um,
0: And what was the last book that you read?
1: Um, I just finished Distress Signal by Mary E. Lambert. Um, It is a middle grade book. Um, So my eight year old and I were reading it together and we just loved it. Um, It's the story of four frenemies who have to uh, figure out how to get along and survive in the Arizona wilderness after a flash flood. um, Separates them from their class camping trip. And it was just every, the end of every chapter is a cliffhanger. (laughs) It was um, really fun to read with him. And um, we were so in our emotions at the end.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And do you have any advice for aspiring writers?
1: Uh, Uh, My biggest piece of advice is find a critique group, a really good critique group. Um, there's just nothing more important than that that I can think of. I mean, I really don't think I would be published right now, leave alone have finished on a single novel um without that. I mean, I learn from them, I get great feedback from them, they um uh, inspire me. Um, Just hanging out with other authors is inspiring. And then just that constant deadline, you know, every two weeks I've got a deadline and I just feel like, okay, I've got to get this chapter done for critique group. (laughs) So um, creating those kind of artificial mini deadlines for yourself is so important if you have a big, you know, hundred thousand word thing you're working on. Um, So yeah, that's my advice. Critique group.
0: And can you stay in a critique group after you've been published or like anyone can join?
1: Well, um, I mean, my critique group that I'm in is a very just small informal group of four to five people. Um, And we have are pretty tight knit because we've been together a few years. And um, so I mean, that's what I would recommend is like find a few people that you can develop that trust level with and that, Mm -hmm. you know, are also qualified to speak into your work, you know, not just any critique partner will do. It needs to be somebody who is actively pursuing their own writing and is um, kind of on that, that same learning curve and journey with you and that you, uh, you resonate with their feedback. Um, because yeah, I mean, not just anyone gets to speak into, (laughs) into what I'm writing. Only people that, um, developed that, that I've developed that trust level with, you know? So, yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's, is it almost like having an editor before the editing stage?
1: A little bit, except the editor, um, you know, gets the, the whole manuscript at once and tells me like, this is the, the element that I want to see carried through or that I'm Mm -hmm. seeing, but I want you to bring it out even more or, you know, and then I go back and try to weave those things in and then, and then you get another round of edits. That's very kind of more detailed. I don't, I can't even, I think we had four rounds of official edits once I finished the book. Um, So with the critique group, it's a little different because they're seeing it in small chunks at a time. Um, they're following along as you're writing. They're seeing first draft stuff, which I would be embarrassed to show my editor. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're, you know, some of the things that are great is that they'll get an impression of something, and whether that impression is right or wrong shows me if I achieved my goal in that chapter, you know, like, Oh, that's not what I wanted them to think or Oh, that's not a villain. They all hated, you know, they all hated that guy. I need to tone him down. Like he's supposed to be, um, he's supposed to be a sympathetic character, you know? Um, So it's those kinds of things you can get as well as um, just like, sometimes we brainstorm together, like, well, what if you had this happen? Or um, one of my favorite things in the book of Glimpsed is um, a fight scene <laughs> that occurs. <laughs> and I don't want to tell you too much because it's a little spoilery if I tell too much about it. But when I first, the first draft of it that my critique group saw, they kind of just like trash talked each other and then walked away. Mm. And um, and one of my critique partners said, you know, i I'd really like to see them lose it. Like, <laughs> like, just try it. And I tried it and it was hilarious. I loved it. It's one of my favorite things in the book. So it's it's input like that sometimes that you can get that just helps you explore things that you hadn't thought of or, you know, stuff like that.
0: Sounds great. Yeah, it sounds like a really good thing.
1: Um, and the last question is, what can readers expect next from you? Um. Well... Um, I am scribbling away at another (laughs) magical YA rom-com, um, and I can't talk too much about it because it's not sold yet, but, um, I did put on my Goodreads page, I put Super Secret Work in Progress as one of my, um, uh, like books that I'm currently reading. So if you, (laughs) if you go to my Goodreads page and, um, put that on your want to read list then i think you'll get updates when i update that um or you could go to my website gfmiller.com and subscribe to my sporadic news and then i'll let people know what's going on with that as i have any news to tell great thank you
0: so much for being on my podcast today
1: yeah it was so fun thank you so much for inviting me Liv.